You're listening to episode number 13 of the Grinding Me Grateful podcast. This week, we are finally living up to our name and talking all things gratitude. Our guest today is Ange Simpson of The Gratitude Project, and she is a holistic health coach, business coach, and I think she would say most importantly that she's a wife and a mother to two of the cutest little girls ever. Ange's entire life has been transformed by the simple yet huge practice of gratitude, so of course, we're really going to dive into that today, as well as talk about how you can see radical transformation in your own life with just a couple of simple shifts. We also get super real about what it's like to adopt a healthy lifestyle when you are far from that to begin with, manage businesses while managing a family as well, and how she is instilling gratitude, health, and hard work in her daughters and women around the world. We covered tons of different topics, but I think I'm most excited for the gratitude talk because this is the Grind and Be Grateful podcast after all right. But before we get into the episode, of course, I want to read the review of the week. This one comes from Abby, who is at FitFergieFerg on Instagram. She says, Marie truly speaks to her listeners as if they are her best friends. She radiates love and positivity, making me feel so connected to her. Her show is empowering and constructive. Marie is building a community of strong women, and I suggest you join in. Just wow. It honestly makes my day slash my life to get that kind of feedback from you guys. And just above all, I'm always striving to empower and educate my fellow women. So hearing that I am having that impact just makes my heart so, so happy. And to hear that you see me as a friend means the world to me. So thank you so much for your kind words and ongoing support, Abby. If you listening want to be the featured review of the week, you can head over to iTunes and leave the show a rating and review with your honest thoughts. That is the number one way to grow our community on here and climb up in the podcast charts. So a huge thank you to everyone who has already taken a minute to do so. But either way, I cannot say enough how thankful I am for those who listen to share and support the show. It just means the world to me. And now with all of the mushy stuff aside, let's jump into this incredible interview. Welcome to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I'm your host, Marie Wold, health and fitness influencer, coach, and lifestyle entrepreneur committed to educating and empowering women to become their very best selves. Each week, my guests and I are proving that with hard work and the right mindset, absolutely anything is possible. We are here to bring you not just inspiration, but also actionable takeaways that you can use to create a life that you love right now. We're talking all things personal development, including health, fitness, confidence, relationships, and so much more. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. I'll be honest, when I first started my fitness journey, I was that person that never had a plan. I walked into the gym and just did whatever I felt like that day. A couple sets here, a few reps there, and then I would leave. And after a year or so of following that approach, I had seen a little bit of progress, but I knew that so much more was possible. So I finally decided to get on an actual training program. And what do you know, after just a couple weeks of sticking to it, I was blown away by the progress I was making. I was getting stronger, looking better, and feeling more confident than ever, all because I finally committed to a structured plan. I thought I would get bored of a program, but it turns out having some consistent variables allowed me to truly challenge myself, and I looked forward to beating my previous best week after week. 
Having structure and accountability from a plan makes a world of difference when it comes to your fitness goals. Myself and my hundreds of clients can definitely attest to that. Throughout the years, I have developed my signature training method and perfected my best workouts, and now they're available in my very own iPhone app. Sculpted Strong is a four-phase, 12-week program that focuses on building a strong, toned, and feminine physique while also gaining confidence and feeling amazing. So if you're looking for something that will both transform your body and keep your workouts fun and interesting, this is the program for you. For more info and to sign up, go to mariewoldapp.com. That's M-A-R-I-E-W-O-L-D-A-P-P.com. And because my podcast listeners are just the best, I created a discount code that will save you $10 on your enrollment, and that's PODLOVE, P-O-D-L-O-V-E, and that, again, is on mariewoldapp.com. I know that you're going to love this app as much as I do, and I cannot wait to see your transformation. Hi, Ange. I am so thrilled to get to know you better today, and I know that everyone listening is as well. So thank you so much for being on the show. No, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure, especially when I get to talk to someone from across the other side of the world. Yeah, I'm sure everyone listening right now is like, yes, someone with an Australian accent. This is going to be so great to listen to. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we sound like bogans. I feel like our accents aren't as defined and we don't pronounce our words properly. So I'm always like, oh... When I'm speaking to someone from the US or Canada, I'm like, I feel like such a, I feel like I need to speak properly. No, people really appreciate an Australian accent over here. So don't worry about it. So can you give us a little rundown of who you are, what you do, and just summarize your story a little bit? I know that's a lot to ask, but if you were just meeting our listeners for the first time, what would you say? Yeah. Well, look, my name's Ange. As Marie said, I am a health coach. I was a blogger. I've put my blog on hold for a little while at the moment, which has been a really nice release. And I do speaking and writing for other companies. But I mean, personally, I'm a mom of two little girls and I'm a wife. And yeah, I'm just super passionate about women and empowering other women to sort of live the lives of their dreams. I think that when I got into this, it was really, you know, when I got into my business, it was really from the side of wanting to help people with their health. And for me, I just had this realization through my journey that so much of our physical health is to do with our mental well-being. And I love seeing people kind of connect that and start to live their best life just through actually wanting to and deciding, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you incorporate mental health into the physical because it is so, so like underrated and underappreciated and underworked on because so many people just focus on what's going on physically without working on who they are inside. So you are an integrative health coach and then you're also a business coach to aspiring coaches or current coaches. So did you always know that you wanted to work in the health field, the coaching field, or what has your career path kind of looked like? No way. I never thought I would be in health. I used to be addicted to chocolate and I was, this is like the worst term in the world, but my friend coined it. I was skinny fat. So I would eat anything and I would sort of always be small, but I had zero tone. I had zero vitality. I was just really like, my body was just getting by, but because of kind of the media standards, Back then, I feel like these days there's more of a focus towards being strong. But I feel like back then when I was a teenager, there was, you know, it was just like, okay, if you're a size 
in Australia a size eight or six to eight is quite small. And if you fit that, then you're in a good place. And so I had zero interest in health at all. I was working in fashion when I met my husband and my dreams were to become an international buyer. I was headed down that path, I thought. And then when I got married and started to suffer from really debilitating migraines, I you know, went and saw an integrative or a functional medicine doctor and she changed my diet and it changed my life in so many ways, just my health, my moods, my skin, my energy. And when I realized that food could do that, I sort of just had this moment of like, oh my goodness, why don't more people know about this? And I came down this route and I sort of half did it for my family because I wanted to make sure that we lived our you know, most incredible and vibrant lives. But when I realized that I had a bit of a voice that I could share this with others, I was like, I can't not, I have to share this, right? Yeah. Once you experience such an amazing shift and transformation in your own life, you're like, oh my goodness, this is the best thing ever. I have to tell everyone about it. Like everyone is missing out on this amazing, amazing thing that I've discovered. And you just want to like shout it from the rooftops. So do you find, this is like a side note, but do you find that it's easy to have like healthy options and live a healthy lifestyle in Australia? Because I think in a lot of places in the United States, it's not so easy. And that's something that a lot of my listeners struggle with. But what's your experience been? There's definitely like areas of Australia where it's easy to be healthy. I live on the Gold Coast and it's super easy. We have so many beautiful restaurants. We have so many, you know, gluten-free and vegan options. It's kind of, yeah, we're, we're really lucky. A lot of smoothie bars, a lot of a lot of what we need here. But I know that there are some places where it's almost impossible to find, you know, a green or a good salad. Gotcha. So I guess similar to here, there are some really great areas and then some areas that are really challenging. Gotcha. Okay. So one more, like more personal question. Your little girls are so cute. So I just want to know what your experience with motherhood has been like. Did you always want kids? What has that journey been like? I love being a mother and some days I'm like not loving it. I just, I feel like it is such a roller coaster. I I always wanted kids, I thought. And when it came to time to having them, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm not sure. Like I had such a free life. I would go to the beach all the time. I would do kind of what I wanted. We were traveling. It was fun. And I was like, oh my goodness, do we have to give this all away? And I was a bit unsure, but once I decided and really went, no, let's, let's do this. Like I, I want to love another human and I want to experience a different part of life that I haven't experienced yet. And I was so young, I was like 24 or something. But once I made that decision and we got into it, I just, from the second I fell pregnant, I felt so connected to my first daughter, Bo. I just, I can't imagine not having her in our lives. And then I kind of thought we were done. And my husband really wanted a second. And I was like, yeah, maybe. And then it just kind of hit me when Bo turned three, I got so clucky and I was so just wanting to feel that feeling of being pregnant again. It's, I had incredible pregnancies. I was really lucky and I just felt, I craved that and I craved, you know, another human being a part of our family. And some days it's so challenging and I want to rip my hair out and I'm like, why did I have kids? (laughs) I hate in public because some people will judge the hell out of me but some days it's really hard and then other days I'm just baffled by how much love the human heart can actually hold it's mind-blowing that's so cool I love hearing like moms and especially young moms perspectives because currently where I am in life I'm like "Mm, I really don't know like I can't see myself with children 
I honestly can't say either way because it just seems like so far in the future that I have no idea. But to hear from other people that have kind of been in that place and like decided to do it and love it is really cool because it kind of like gives me hope, I guess. Totally. It's life changing. And you just, you think you've got to be ready, but I don't know if you're ever ready. So just, just decide, just make the decision and do it. So what is your approach with like teaching your kids how to live a healthy lifestyle? Like, are you very hands-on about it or you do kind of more like lead by example? Yeah, we are super like, you know, I just actually recently did an Instagram post about this that I personally find that health and wellness does not come naturally to me. You know, I don't wake up being like, yeah, gym time. I don't instinctively reach for a kale chip when I can have like some vegan chocolate, you know, like I, for me, I just, I don't know if this is everyone, but I did this post because I was like, I want people to know that if you're struggling to feel like wellness comes naturally, then like same. But the good thing about that is I feel like we live a really balanced approach. You know, the kids, we're not too strict with them. We obviously don't keep foods in the house, like bread and we don't have dairy and things like that. But if we're out and all her friends are having ice cream, then I'm going to let her have an ice cream. So we definitely have a super relaxed approach. And I think that's because I so focus on making sure they have a good relationship with food. And it's just like, I try not to reward with junk food because I feel like that's, you know, probably a bad thing to do when they get older. And I also don't console with junk food. They're probably like my two biggest rules. It's more like we eat really well at home. They always have their greens before they have anything else. So it's like a bowl of broccoli or cauliflower or something like that before they actually eat dinner. And they have grandparents, so they eat a lot of junk food when we're with them. (laughs) But I don't ever want them to have a bad relationship with food, which is definitely something that I had. I've got like memories of one of my strongest memories is the first time my dad said to me, my parents were divorced. And I remember being in his house and he said, you know, if you want food, you can just go and get it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can just go and get food. Like, I don't have to ask. I'm not like, it's not being dictated when I eat. And it just, you know, that memory to me signifies how significant what your parents do around food can be for you. And like my dad has been on a diet for 50 something years and I feel like I could very easily be in that trap too. So, you know, I want to make sure that they just know that all food is great, but certain foods make you feel good and bad. And Bo especially understands certain foods aren't going to make her feel good and she makes the right choices sometimes and sometimes she doesn't, but she's five. So I'll let her have it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love that. I I think it's really important to instill that stuff in in your kids and also be aware of like how you act and the way that you approach food and exercise and all that stuff. Like they are soaking all of that in like a sponge. I just remember growing up, like seeing my mom reading like tabloid magazines that always talked about like the latest diets and they'd all be, you know, like 1200 calories, super restrictive diets. And like my dad went on and off fad diets and stuff like that. So like I always saw them dieting and like always wanting to lose weight or cut things out. So I thought that like that was the way that I needed to be too. But like the older I get and the more self-aware I get, the more I like dig into those habits. So if I ever became a parent, I would think I would be super, super aware of like not letting my children get those habits ingrained in them. 
So let's switch gears a little bit. Because this is the Grind and Be Grateful podcast, I was obviously initially drawn to you on Instagram because your handle is The Gratitude Project. But as I followed you and kept up with your posts and stuff, I just loved that everything that you're about. So I do want to start with gratitude and let's just talk about like why gratitude is so important to you and like what changes you have seen in your life since starting to really practice it and embrace like a grateful lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, I think that the main thing for me was I had a pretty transformational experience around gratitude and it was such a seemingly insignificant moment, but you know, it was, I've spoken about it and written about it a lot. So I'll give you like the short version in case you've already heard it, but I was driving to the chiropractor with my baby when Bo was really young. She had a bad neck and she was crying in the car. And it was like the seventh time I had got out of the car to feed her and console her and make sure she was okay. And I was so frustrated. And I was like, you know, why is the chiropractor a 45 minute driveway? Why won't my baby just like go to sleep? Why do my boots hurt from breastfeeding? Why is it so hot today? Like, all of these problems. And I just had this realization that I was complaining about what so many people are wishing for, you know, like the ability to be a healthcare professional who can look after your child, to have a car, to drive you there, to have a child, to be able to breastfeed. Like so many of the things I was crying about were such a blessing. And for me in that moment, I made a really conscious decision that gratitude was just going to be my way. And I, that's how I started the gratitude project. It personally, for me, before I even started the blog, and I kind of I shifted so much in my life and I saw my relationships change, especially my relationship with my husband. You know, I went from having the expectations of what he should have been doing and how he should have been acting to really just loving on him for everything he was instead of hating everything I wanted him to be. And that, that changed everything for me. And again, it was, that was kind of how I I put health and gratitude together for my business because I was like, these two things have changed my life so much. And in a really simple way, I think that there's so much out there that overcomplicates what people do. And for me, I just looked at it and I was like, this was a really simple mindset shift and really Mm -hmm. simple diet changes for me in the beginning. And anyone could do it. And I just see so many people in pain. So I'm like, you know, if you can just add a bit of gratitude to your day, even if it helps 1%, is that not better than doing nothing? Right. Yeah, it's so, so worth it. But I think for the vast majority of people who do adopt a gratitude lifestyle or a mindset, we'll see way more than a 1% improvement. Like personally for me, when I discovered just the concept of like practicing gratitude, my world changed. Like the next day I was walking around, I was like, oh my God, life is amazing. Like things will never be the same. I'm so thankful for everything. And of course, like it comes and goes. That was kind of like the high of discovering something new and like thinking that it was the best thing ever. And now some days I do get stuck in like a negative mindset and that negative cycle. But I do have that like underlying current of gratitude. And I know that it's something that I can always go back to and rely on to like pick up my mood, pick up my spirits and like recenter me. And I feel like There are always things that we know we should do for our health and well-being. Like we know we should eat our vegetables. We know that we should get enough sleep. We know that we should move our bodies, but we'll try to stick to something new for a day or two and nothing like actually sticks. So what are like one or two ways that people listening can integrate gratitude into their daily lives in ways that do stick and do follow them? 
Yeah. And I love what you're saying there about, you know, we know what we should do, but we don't do it. And this is something I'm really passionate about because I think that, you know, one of my kind of slogans of life is lead with vision. And I think that if you are trying to just do the things, sometimes it doesn't really stick or it doesn't last, or you find yourself getting frustrated that you're forgetting to do your gratitude journal at night. Whereas if you lead with vision and if you're able to kind of look at what you want to create and allow the tasks to fall into line after that, that's how it works for me. You know, I lead with my vision. I have what I want. Like I've got my vision board next to my computer. I've got it in my diary. I've got it on the background of my phone. And, you know, I just, I look at it as instead of me thinking of the things I need to do to get to where I want to go, I just look at where I want to be and I know what has to happen, you know, and it's, it's almost instinctual. It's like, okay, I want to be my most vibrant self. Am I going to choose the food that, you know, is probably going to make me feel like crap five minutes after it makes me feel kind of good? Or do I want to choose something that tastes really good anyway, but is actually nourishing my cells, you know, and do I want to just like fall into bed after a big day and not be present with my husband and tell him what I love about him? Or do I want to have a rocking relationship into my 80s and still be so passionately in love with him, which is one of my big values. You know, I want to maintain that relationship. And because I can see what I want to create with that, I know what I have to do. And so it takes away the pain. I often say like, you know, if you were to focus on, if you say you want to get like, you know, I know everyone loves a big round Kardashian booty, but if you want to get like a booty, you think about like the end goal of have it like, yeah, I would feel really confident and I would feel strong. And obviously like, you know, different parts of you would benefit from that. But, you know, if you actually sat and thought, okay, well, I've got to wake up early with an alarm. I've got to squeeze myself into a sports bra because everyone knows they are not easy to get on. I've got to get in the car. I've got to find my keys. I've got to get to the gym. I've got to awkwardly fumble around in the locker room. Maybe the locker won't work. Maybe I'll get the crappy bike at spin class. And if you're thinking about all the tasks that are involved with what you want to create, it seems like too much work and it seems like almost exhausting at times. But if your vision is so clear of what you want to create, everything else just comes into flow. I feel personally for me, you know? Yeah, that is so, so powerful. I think we get really caught up in the day-to-day details of things. Like I'm I have this habit of when I create a to-do list, I like break things in to the most simple tasks possible, which on one hand sounds like a good idea, but on the other hand, I'm left with this like mile-long to-do list that looks super daunting when in reality like everything on there is actually easy, but because I am faced with this huge list, it all like feels really hard and I forget like what the bigger vision is instead of if I just like broke things down into like a big three that would move my day forward move my business forward that would like seem a lot easier and make me feel more connected to like the bigger vision like you said totally and I like I do something similar I literally think of each day the three things that I want to move forward with and then I break them down into little bite-sized tasks so it's still like a lot of things but I feel like when I'm looking at just my three it's way less overwhelming you know yeah and if you can directly like connect those to your bigger vision then you're a lot more intrinsically motivated to get it done as well so what are some of your daily gratitude practices that are like non-negotiable in your life you do them every single day I actually, I someone asked me this the other day and I find it quite interesting that in the beginning it was like definitely something I had to 
be very intentional around and I had to make sure I I set alarms to do my gratitude journal and I I had to remember that I, you know, I had a note on the fridge to get, you know, the family to do gratitude and all these things. But it's now become just the way of life. You know, I wake up in the morning and I turn to my husband and I tell him what I love about him and, you know, spend time with him. When I'm with the girls in the morning, they come into bed with us and we do like, you know, cuddles for half an hour sometimes. And it's like, okay, you know, I, I really savor those moments. But the big things for me would definitely be telling people. I think that so often we just, we love someone so much or we really care for a friend or we're really grateful for what someone does for us, but maybe we don't express it enough. And so for me, that's a really big thing in my life that I'm always, you know, letting my friends know that I'm grateful for them and what they've done for me. And then a big one at night, we just, you know, we sit with the girls and we we get them to share what they're grateful for. We get them to say what the best part of their day was, where they felt challenged, if they learned a lesson today, if they failed. That has just sort of become a part of our life. And then before I go to bed, I used to always write in a gratitude journal, but I definitely feel like my practice is strong enough that it stays in my head and I lie there at night. And, you know, I think especially as a mom, you kind of can go to bed and be like, okay, what have I got to do tomorrow? Like what have, you know, what activities does Bo have at school? What do I need to pack for lunch? What meetings do I have? Do I have to be up early? Do I get to have a sleep in? What's going on? And, you know, that can feel really overwhelming. And I think that for me, just going to bed where I'm going over my day and almost reliving those moments that made me happy, because I know that when you relive a happy moment, your body releases the same hormones and chemicals. So you almost get to feel it again. And for me, just lying there doing that when I drift to sleep is like the best thing in the world. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I agree that once you've been practicing gratitude and like working on developing a strong mind in that sense, once you've been doing that for a while, you don't necessarily have to adhere to like strict practices anymore because it just becomes part of your brain, like part of how you operate. But what are like one or two practices that you'd recommend for anyone just getting started? Like, would it be journaling or talking to someone? What would be like the first thing that someone should do? Definitely journaling. I think just having a practice either in the morning or at night, depending on where you feel you have the most mental clarity and the most time, writing down your three things. But there's the disclaimer, you're not allowed to just write down, I'm grateful for my home. I'm grateful for the food I ate. You have to actually like take it to the next level. And I always say when gratitude is really felt, it will bring you to tears. You know, when you really know that something has impacted you, you will you will be able to be brought to tears by it. Like if you think about your parents or your partner, you most likely, if you get deep enough, you should be able to, you know, kind of emotionally trigger yourself. But it's got to be really deep. And then the next thing, I do something personally called Thankful Thursdays, where I just go and think back over my last week and the things that really impacted me. And I'll shoot off a text or a messenger or a voice message to someone or a lot of people just letting them know like, yeah, I'm really grateful for what you did and thank you. And I actually block off in my schedule like an hour for that. And I will sit at my computer. You know, this week, like I went to a place called Newcastle last week. And so, you know, I, I shot off messages to the people that got me there and the people who, you know, hosted me and the people who I did trainings with. And it was, you know, for me, I think that putting it out is just as important as getting it in, you know? 
Yeah. I, I really like that you incorporate like telling people that you're grateful too, because I think we usually hear about gratitude as like being thankful for what you have or where you are or like opportunities for you, but we don't like share it with other people as much. That's kind of forgotten about in like the conventional gratitude type of like practices. So I could definitely be better about like telling people what I'm grateful for, whether it's just I mean, I always say like, please and thank you, but people that are especially close to me and like just part of my everyday life could definitely hear thank yous more often. Definitely. Yeah. So you've built your businesses around gratitude for the most part. So one of them is called the Gratitude Gang, right? My gang. I love my gang. Yeah. Yeah. So what is that all about? So in the gang, I mean, look, for me personally, I started this when my daughter Harper was born. Just simply out of, I felt really, I suppose, disconnected from other women. And also I was working like crazy. My health was spiraling downhill. I was just, I was going through the motions. We had just retired my husband and I was going through what it felt like to be the sole income earner of our home for a little while. And, you know, I realized that the online world, and I don't know if you feel this, but For me, you know, the four years prior when I was building up my business was incredibly lonely. And I was really lucky to have a friend, Kate Cattle, who, you know, she understood, you know, all the same programs I was using and the same things I was doing in the way of online marketing and and building, you know, my email list and my tribe and my following. And so I had that one person, but there was such a big part of me that craved more and also a big part of me who you know, I I would be speaking to my coaching clients and often they would be mums and they would be having to go back to work and they didn't want to. And I realized that I had such a gift in being self-taught on how to do this. And I've got some really incredible mentors in my life who came into our life about one and a half, two years ago. And, you know, they had an awesome system that they've now taught me in order to help, you know, stay at home mums and, you know, young girls that want to travel and, people who aren't enjoying their life, how to create an income online using social media. And for me, you know, I kind of looked at, okay, I've got these incredible mentors. I've got a beautiful following of people who are crying out for a better way. You know, we don't, we, it it makes no sense to me that we go from two people and two pretty good incomes usually because these days women work and we don't make as much as men, but we're definitely moving up. And that and we have a kid and then all of a sudden it's one income housing a whole family and we struggle and our relationships struggle and then the woman has to go back to work but I think it's definitely in our nature to want to be with our children I know for most of us definitely not everyone but you know we want to be with them we want to be spending time with them and so for me I looked and I went okay there's a massive gap here where these women want to be with their kids but they want to be creating something and then I've also got these two incredible mentors who can help me to create something where I get to teach these women and these mothers how to do that online, but also stay home. And so I've been doing it for almost a year and a half now and I've, I've stopped everything. I'm no longer coaching. I, I'm not writing on my blog at the moment because there's just such beautiful things happening there. And for me, I, I'm such a student of results and seeing my best friend who does this with me, she's in the gang too, you know, seeing the fact that this month she, made what she used to make in her full-time marketing role in a month on social media. And we all share my health program called the Health Hub. So the way we do it is we teach them how to share the health program and they create an income in that way. But, you know, I just, 
for me, it's so important that women are lifting each other up and we all know we can be total, you know, B-I-T-C-H <laughs> and like we can, we can feel jealous and see another woman being successful and want to tear her down. And I don't know why that's in our nature sometimes, but for me, it was just creating something where it's about lifting other people up. No one wins unless we all win. And yeah, it's been such a life altering experience creating this for me, you know? Yeah. That is so amazing. I think maybe one of the reasons why women tend to be like catty and just not super warm and welcoming and like helpful to other women is because we get stuck in this scarcity mindset that like there isn't enough to go around. Not everyone can win. Like someone's going to win, someone's going to lose, and I don't want to be the one that loses. And so we're not like lifting other women up. We're not empowering other women. But you and I have both found that when women come together and have true community, like absolute magic can happen. And women are just like so, so powerful when they work together. I mean, we're powerful on our own too, but like it's just magic when women support one another. And so you've found that in the Gratitude Gang. And then you also have events called Babes Supporting Babes, right? Yeah. And that was, you know, same intention was really just to connect women and allow women to network with like-minded women. I don't know about you, but I just, I found that I had so many people in my life who were craving genuine connections. And so this is a, a way to do that. And we also have a couple of charities we support and all of our charities are around female empowerment. You know, one of our charities is all for connecting women in underdeveloped countries with sanitary items because so often they will be on their cycle and they will not be able to do anything. So they won't be able to go out. They won't be able, you know, they're basically in some cultures, they're shunned for it because they don't have what they need. And so for us, the charity we're working with currently is called Unconquered. And it's actually, you know, a full circle charity. So they're not only helping women to get the sanitary items that are reusable, but they're also giving them jobs in the factory that creates them. So, you know, it's really helping on such a massive level. And, you know, for us, it was about those two things. It was about doing something that really resonated with, you know, my two friends, Jess and Kira, who I do it with. For us, it was about giving back in a way that really meant something to us because I think that we're so sheltered as very privileged white females that we sometimes forget that there are women out there who literally will have a period with no, nothing, no tampons, no pads, nothing. And it's just, to me, it's so heartbreaking to think about that and to think about the discomfort and the shame that they have to feel over something so natural and beautiful that happens in their body every month. And for us, it was about that, but then also creating fun and joy because these days life can get so serious and we do want women to connect with each other and really find the people that are their tribe that they love and have fun. And yeah, so for us, it was really mixing the two and we've done four so far and our next one is on the Gold Coast, which is good. It's always nice to do it in our hometown. And yeah, we're just in love with the process. Yeah, that sounds so epic. So what are some of the transformative things that you see in women once they do kind of have a community and like feel supported by other women? Definitely confidence and self-esteem. You know, I think having women cheering you on is, it's so different to just like, uh, like this is what it was like for me. You know, I always had such a supportive husband, but there was always that fear of judgment from women. And also the, the ability to kind of just, I don't know, play around with it and, and, you know, talk to people about ideas and, you know, 
workshop what you want to create and hear other opinions and some of them you agree with and some of them you don't but in a really safe way it can give women such freedom to be able to be like okay you know what this is what I want and I'm going to actually vocalize it and there's going to be people actually holding me accountable and they're going to actually cheer me on and I just feel like it's so rare like I know when I started my website there were definitely a few people who were my biggest cheerleaders but there were definitely people who were like you're crazy and this is going to do nothing especially when I declared that I was going to retire my husband, you know, I said it once and I got so put down that I didn't say it again. And I was really lucky that I've got a massive work ethic and I'm really determined and I'm almost driven by people not believing in me. But, you know, I'm very rare in that way. Most people, when they don't have people supporting them, they can kind of just give up on what they want to create. And so, you know, for me, knowing that I was obviously the exception, being, you know, someone who who took the no, you can't as a let me show you. And I did a post the other day, let me show you. And I'm going to do it twice. And I'm going to take pictures. <laughs> I was like, that was that was me. But I wanted women who didn't have that, that confidence to, to feel supported, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, something so powerful happens when women get together and just like show up for each other and hold each other accountable too. like, it doesn't need to be all like sunshine and rainbows and like just women being like lovey-dovey with each other it can also be like getting shit done and like holding each other up to higher standards too totally and I you know in social media I feel like I see it so much these days where women are sort of putting women down on social media and whenever I'm talking to the girls you know at the events and things like that I'm like you know what if you see someone doing something great even if it's small even if it's someone with a hundred followers and you see that they're trying something support, shout out, post their stuff, do what you can to help them. And on the same token, like, you know, Marie, you've got a massive following and it's like, do the same there. Like just because, you know, for the listeners, just because Marie has a massive following, like still love on her, still comment on her stuff, still share her stuff and spread the word because she's doing good things, but do it on every level. You know, when you can see that someone is trying and they're coming from a really heart centered place, I think we need to be able to lift each other up, not just in person, but also in this social media world, because it is, you know, it's a big part of our future. And I think so many women are wanting to create something to make their lives better. And we should all be shouting from the rooftops and loving on each other for doing that, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Totally. 100% agree. I know that when people take like five seconds to DM me and just say like, Hey, I really appreciate what you do. Or like, Hey, I love the direction your page is taken or like every comment on every post. Like I read them all and they just mean the world to me. And even though they took literally five to 10 seconds to write that to me, it means so much to me. And so I always try to like do that same thing, send words of encouragement, but I think it's something that we can all be better at for sure. Definitely. So let's be real. You have a lot going on. You have multiple businesses. You have your family, social media, and all of the other real life stuff like laundry and all that fun stuff. So how do you make time and create space for taking care of yourself during all this? Look, I definitely, I get challenged around this a lot and I'm very open with my Insta family about it as well. I I go up and down. I will be on fire for months and then I will just do nothing for myself for months too. And I I just, you know, I try not to be hard on myself when I forget that I need to practice self-care. 
but I suppose it's kind of, it's one of those things, you know, as, as a bit of an overachiever and I don't know why, but I just get really icky around the word overachiever, but I know that I am one a little bit. And I know that for me personally, it's very much in my nature to just be like, I'm going to just keep going. Like, I'm just going to keep working and it'll be good. It'll be fine. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not fine. And I'm crying every day. And what's wrong with me? (laughs) So I do need to very consciously balance that. And it is about, for me personally, it's about getting people to hold me accountable. You know, I've got, especially in the gang, the girls in the gang are so beautiful. Yesterday, one of my girls, Tash, just sent me a message and she was like, are you okay? And she's very intuitive. And she's like, look, vibrationally, I I don't know, like I just, something, you know, I, I feel like you're not okay. Are you okay? Are you looking after yourself? And I was like, yeah, you know what? I've probably been stressing a little bit. I've probably been overworking a little bit. And just that reminder of like, you know what, like girl, we're watching. Um, like we know that you overwork and go to the beach, like chill out, you know? And I'm like, that, that was just what I needed. So today my best friend is flying in. We've got her bachelorette party tomorrow night. And I'm like, this is it. I'm, I'm tuning off. Like this morning I'm working and from 12.30 today, I go to the airport, I pick her up. I'm not touching my phone, my computer, except to post fun stories and do fun things, you know? That is so, so needed. And I found that a lot of women that are like entrepreneurial and overachievers and like total girl bosses, we tend to gravitate toward people that are a little bit more like laid back and balanced and more like go with the flow type of people, especially in romantic relationships. Would you say that that's true for you too? Oh my gosh. My husband is so chilled out. Like you wouldn't believe it. He's so go with the flow and like especially since he's been retired and I feel like when I say that it makes him sound like he's like 60 whereas he's like 39, he's not old. But like, you know, every day he walks, you know, my daughter to school and they stroll down the street and he'll do a little Instagram story and then he goes surfing and he's so chilled out. He's a worker but he works really calmly and he's just, you know, anyone that meets him, he's got such a great energy Whereas I'm like a little bit hyperactive and whilst I don't let myself get bogged down by little things, I'm like, I just always have a lot of energy and I'm always like wanting to do things. (laughs) We definitely attract what we need more of. So he's really good like that. Like he's the type to be like, you're not meditating and you need to meditate. And I'm like, screw you. I've got work to do. Don't tell me what to do. You don't know my life. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'm like, he's right. I'm not. And I don't want to be, I hate being told what to do. So I'm like, damn you. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I can totally relate to that. So on that line with like taking care of your mental health and I guess physical health too, because we all know that stress can affect that. How has your philosophy toward like happiness and holistic general health evolved throughout your life? Well, look, I think that through my life, I was really lucky to have parents who were really grounded, really kind, really generous. So I kind of grew up, I feel with a pretty good mindset. It was definitely like the food thing was, you know, my thing that needed to shift and evolve most. And then, yeah, I think that with me, it's just, it's constant improvement. I have just always wanted to be a student and, you know, I I actually didn't finish school. So I just totally contradicted myself that I've always wanted to be a student yet. I left school early, so I didn't have to be a student. I've always wanted to be a student of things I'm passionate about. And for me, I just look at evolving and I'm like, I'm still going. I'm still in my cocoon. Like, just you wait, just you watch. It's still coming. Do you know what I mean? 
Oh, totally. Like, I feel like I have made so many strides and developed personally in so many ways, but it's just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more potential that I have not even learned about or tapped into or become aware of yet. And that is really, really exciting to me. Totally. I feel the same way. (laughs) Yeah. So what are a couple ways that our listeners can work toward being happier and healthier right now? Just like simple things that they can do. Yeah. I think listening to your body Look, I, I, for me personally, it's not about following a diet or a plan. It's really about, you know, when I eat this, do I feel good? When I eat this, do I feel bad? Okay, probably don't eat the things that make me feel bad. And when I'm being conscious about that, I feel my best. And, you know, I think for most people, if you can just, even just little things, like when I started, I would write it down. I would have two lists in my phone, in the notes section of my phone. One would be not so good and one would be, freaking amazing. And I would put foods that made me feel different ways. This was kind of back when I was still like, yeah, like chicken McNuggets, not so, you know, like it was when I was really going through my, my transformation with my health. And, you know, I still actually on an old iPad, I still have those notes because I don't know why it doesn't back up to my new phone anymore, but it's funny reading it because it's still true now. You know, I can still say, okay, when I eat these certain things, I feel good. And when I eat those things, I feel bad. And it's just really about before anything, before following anything crazy, just be conscious, just be like, you know, what am I actually doing and how is it actually affecting me? Because we all know that when we binge on chocolate chip cookies and eat a whole pack, we don't feel good for like quite a long time afterwards, you know, and it's just about remembering that because you make such better choices when you're conscious and aware. And, and then I think around happiness. I I just think if you can implement a gratitude practice, like we were talking about earlier, like just even just one thing, even just, and I know like, you know, people probably heard me say I have an hour blocked out on a Thursday to do gratitude to other people, but that is my business. Like my whole business is based around gratitude. So it is, you know, a high paying activity for me, but you know, if it for you, if it's just every Thursday, you get a ding on your phone that says, Hey, remember to send out a gratitude text and it takes you 10 seconds to send out one just putting into place a practice, whatever it is, that just reminds you to be grateful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And going back to the steps towards being healthier, I think people really overcomplicate it. Like they want to identify with a certain diet and like set up all these restrictions for themselves. But really it comes down to like, are you doing what you're doing out of love for yourself? And like what makes you feel good, right? Because if you're making choices out of love, like you're always going to reach for things that are nourishing to you, whether it's like soul food, yeah, have a cookie, but you know that it's not nourishing to yourself and it's not out of love if you like eat the whole pack, like you said. So there's a lot of balance there. And like when you're being present and acting out of love, like health comes easy. And I think we just overcomplicate it so, so, so much. I know we do. We do. I think it's like, I don't know. I think it's, we look at other people having like these incredible health transformations and it's like, you want to look at them and be like, if I do what they do, I'll get what they get. But we're all so genetically different and the bioavailability of our foods, it's just, you cannot compare one to one. We are so different. So yeah, I totally agree with that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's go on to some rapid fire questions. If you're cool with that, these are just like fun questions that I like to end with. I'd love this. Okay, cool. What was the last gift that you gave someone? I actually gave someone a gift last night, someone in the gang, and I gave her a candle, a notebook, and some self-love mist. 
Oh, love that. What is your current favorite TV show or movie? Oh, TV show. I really like the new Dynasty. <laughs> it's on Netflix and I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> okay. I'll have to add it to my list. If you had to change your first name, what would you change it to? When I was a kid, I wanted to change it to Roxy Hart because I loved the movie <laughs> Chicago. So I actually would call myself Roxy. I told everyone Roxy was my middle name and it's definitely not. That's amazing. Have you ever had an irrational fear? No, I'm going to say no. I don't think so. Maybe spy. Okay. I, I cool. guess spy. Yeah, no, <laughs> nothing interesting and funny. I wish I had something good there that would make you laugh. <laughs> I mean, spiders, that's pretty fair. That's pretty fair. I, especially I heard spiders in Australia are like freakishly giant. Oh, yeah. And venomous. Australia so. you. Like you don't want to come. <laughs> I still want to visit, but that definitely makes me think twice. <laughs> what are you most proud of? Getting my husband home from his stressful corporate job. Definitely. That's awesome. And lastly, because this is the Grinding Be Grateful podcast, we've got to know what one thing is that you're currently grinding toward and then one thing that you are hugely grateful for. I am grinding. This month in the gang, I have a goal. I want, basically, I have a goal that I want 39 of the girls in the gang to have created, you know, a certain level of income, which to them and to me means big deal. So I'm grinding towards that. That's my number this month. And I will hustle with heart to get it done. And I'm super grateful for the support around me. I just, I feel like at the moment I've got so much love and so many people in my life. And I look back to, sorry, this isn't really a rapid fire answer, but I, I definitely look back to like two, three years ago in the midst of building my business. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, today, like I'm going out to lunch with you know, I think like about 10 of my gangsters who live on the Gold Coast, we're all over the world, but I'm going out to lunch with 10 of them because, you know, like I said, my best friend's getting here. And I used to be someone who would cry to my husband because I felt like females didn't like me. And I felt like I didn't connect with women, but the truth of the matter was I just hadn't found the right ones. And I'm just so grateful that I've found them. I've, I've got my tribe and it's growing every day. And I'm, I'm so lucky, so lucky. That's so beautiful. Oh, I'm so happy for you. That's awesome. Okay. Last but not least, where can everyone find you? So I love Instagram. It's like my favorite place to be. <laughs> I dip in and out. So gratitude underscore project or just search my name, Angela Simpson without a P S I M S O N. And I like being on Facebook at facebook.com slash all about the gratitude. And then my website is thegratitudeproject.com where you can read more about the gratitude gang and read through all my old blog posts um, until I get back into blogging. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Ange, thank you so, so much for being on the show. I loved getting to know you and I hope that everyone listening gets to use all of your resources and be as inspired by your posts and your words and your thoughts as I have been. Thank you so much. I've loved it. It was awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. I hope you have a great rest of your day and enjoy that relaxation time. Oh my God, I totally will. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. 
Before you go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for spending your time with me on the Grind and Be Grateful podcast today. I'm super happy that we are able to hang out and share some good vibes today. It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take one second to share this episode with someone who you think would love it, whether it's texting it to your friend, linking it on Twitter, or posting a screenshot on your Instagram story. It is all super appreciated. And please leave a show review on iTunes if you're enjoying it. Tell me what you think. Let me know what you want to hear more of this show is for you so your feedback matters plus it would really help me out on my mission to educate and empower women everywhere to become their very best selves thank you again for listening and supporting the show and until next time don't forget to grind to be grateful my friends